Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The Old Testament lesson for today is from 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 14 through 23. This can be found on page 444 of your pew Bible. King Uzziah was given everything he needed by God to fulfill his role, but his pride led to his removal from the throne. A reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 26, beginning with the 14th verse. And Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and stones for slinging. In Jerusalem, he made engines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor, and they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And when he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they rushed him out quickly, and he himself hurried to go out, because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper, lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, wrote, And Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the burial field that belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. And Jotham, his son, reigned in his place. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. If you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know it didn't get there on its own. Somebody put it there. Have you heard this expression before? I brought a picture just so you can all visualize the ridiculousness of it. If you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know it didn't get there on its own. Somebody put it there. It's a metaphor, obviously, and it usually refers to a person who's in a high position. That person was usually helped or aided in getting to their position. 
And what we see in today's scripture, this story of King Uzziah, is what happens to a person when they forget who put them where they are. Second Chronicles chapter 26, I encourage you to open up your Bible as usual, if you've already put it away. Second Chronicles chapter 26, we're going to bounce around a little bit to some verses, so please do open that page, Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want to give a little bit of background on this king, King Uzziah. Our scripture reading began in verse 14, but I'm going to back us up to the first verse of this chapter to give that background. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1 says this, All the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. We're going to see that King Uzziah had pride in his heart. And we might read this verse and say, well, no wonder he was a prideful king. He was immature. He was only 16 years old. But actually, in his youth, as he reigned as a king, he was humble. He sought the Lord. He sought the will of the Lord. In verse 5, it gives us a little bit of description of that. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. In his younger years as king, he was humble. He sought the Lord. It was only when he became older in adulthood. He reigned for 52 years. It was when he was an adult that pride crept, crept into his heart, as we're going to see in today's story. So let's pick it up then in verse 14, where our reading began. And Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and stones for slinging. There's a, a war going on. There's a battle going on, obviously, in Jerusalem. Verse 15, in Jerusalem he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And now we get to see a little bit of what happens to his character amidst all of this power and success. It says his fame spread far. For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. He was marvelously helped. This is the only place in all of Scripture where that phrase is used. Marvelously helped. It seems as though the Bible translators had a hard time translating it. The root word for the marvelously word, it's very similar to the word miraculously or wondrously. So it seems that what the biblical writer is trying to convey here is that King Uzziah was placed in his high position by God. God put him where he was. But as we're going to see in a moment, he forgets who put him there. Uzziah was that turtle on a fence post, placed there by God himself. Sometimes people, sometimes God does place people where they are. I had somebody reflect this in my own life some years ago. Mike Gatliff, the husband of Pastor Jackie, who served here for a while. He, um, Pastor Mike, um, he, he met my parents one day and saw what deep and abiding faith in Christ they had. And he knew that I was raised in that household. And then he learned that my high school Bible teacher was a man named Ray Vanderlaan, relatively famous Bible teacher and scholar. He's my high school Bible teacher. And Mike looked at me and he said, Nathan, you know how they say some wealthy people are born on third base? He said, you were born on third base spiritually. 
no wonder you became a pastor. You had all these great people pouring in to your life. It's a little bit different metaphor, born on third base, turtle on a fence post, but it's conveying the same thing. Some of us are marvelously helped, and we get to where we are by God's grace. But sometimes people who have been placed where they are by God forget. We forget sometimes who put us there. And this is what happens with King Uzziah, as we are about to see. Verse 16, it says, But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. When he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. We know this moral lesson, don't we? Maybe you can help me finish this phrase. The bigger they are, the... Yeah, we learn this. Or maybe you know this one as well. Pride comes before the fall. Yeah, very good. You know a Bible verse. That's Proverbs 16, verse 18. Do you know that's from the Bible? Pride comes before the fall. So how do we know that he was prideful other than this description? How does he demonstrate that pride had crept into his heart, that he forgot who placed him where he was? Let's look at verse 16 again. When he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction for... He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. This needs a little bit of description and explanation because it doesn't seem that bad to have the king go into the temple and light some incense. So why was this such an offense? Why was this a demonstration of pride and arrogance having crept into Uzziah's heart? Well, the burning of the incense at the altar in the temple was assigned specifically and only to the priests, the lineage of Aaron. And this was a sacred assignment. This was a holy task. And it was really a, 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 a go-between, between God's people and the presence of God. The priests had been set apart for this holy assignment. In a certain sense, they were representing the divine presence. They were representing God himself to the people. The prayers, the, uh, the incense would burn and the smoke would go up as if it was a symbol of the prayers of the people entering into the nostrils of God. This is what they said about this incense burning. And so Uzziah enters into the temple, and he basically, he takes the position of God. He inserts himself into the position of God. This is the offense that he's doing. He's read his own headlines. His fame spread far, it said, and he began to believe he really is a big deal. And he says, I'm going to stand in the place of God for these people now. And he steps into the sanctuary to burn the incense. And I was trying to think how we could feel the offense of this, of what happened with Uzziah. So I was trying, how can I demonstrate to us as we study this text just how offensive that might have been to people? And I was thinking, uh, so I, I just want you to pay attention to how you respond to the following sermon illustration, okay? Just pay attention to what goes on in your mind and in your heart. Imagine with me for a moment that I, your pastor, came in one day to church, and I said, hey, I have an announcement to make. We no longer need the Bible at this church. We're going to put away the Bibles because, guess what? I, your pastor, am going to start writing a paragraph every week. <laughs> we'll have the scripture reader come up, and they'll read my words that I will then preach to you because I have so much awesome wisdom to share. We don't need the Bible anymore. Anybody feel the tension, the offense of that? 
Anybody really eager for me to get that Bible back in the pulpit? I know I am. Oh, I feel so uncomfortable. Okay, here we go. It's back. So you felt the tension, felt the offense, right? This is what Uzziah was doing. He entered into the temple. He took the place of God in the people's lives. And how do the priests respond? Well, they respond in a way they try to run him out, which, by the way, I hope you would do to me if I actually did what I just pretended to do. Okay? So how do the priests respond? Verse 17. But Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor, and they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you've done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. See, the 80 priests are being pretty bold here. They sense that what's happening is deeply offensive to God. So they come into the sanctuary. They come into the temple to confront Uzziah. They have what we call righteous anger. They sense that what's going on is not right, so they confront him. If you think about it, they were really being quite bold because they're taking their own lives into their hands because the king could have just had them all killed in that moment. He's the king. But they were subservient to a higher authority in this moment. So they have righteous anger towards him. But look how Uzziah responds, verse 19. Then Uzziah was angry. He has what we would call a self-righteous anger. This is one of the ways we know that he's being prideful. You know when you confront somebody when they're doing something wrong and they just get really angry at you? That's usually a demonstration of their pride. That's not necessarily righteous anger. That's self-righteous anger. Somebody who's humble when they are confronted, well, they receive it. They say, have mercy on me, like King David. You know the story when Nathan the prophet comes and confronts him? He doesn't get angry. He says, have mercy on me, O God. Quite a different type of king. But Uzziah gets angry, verse 19. Now, he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. Whoa, why does this happen? What's going on here? We should be careful at this moment in the story not to start believing that if we sin or if we have pride in our hearts, God will strike us with some kind of physical ailment. That's not necessarily what's happening here. Yes, God struck him with a physical ailment, but why? What was God doing in this moment? Well, Uzziah knew what it says in Leviticus chapter 13. In Leviticus chapter 13, it says anybody who has leprosy can't be in the temple. This was a law given by God in order to protect the people from the spread of contagion. If people had a a contagious illness, they weren't allowed to go into the temple. So even Uzziah would still follow the law of God. So leprosy breaks out on his forehead where everybody can see it. And so he knows he has to leave the room now. God was basically putting him in a timeout for life, as it were. He's saying, Uzziah, you have no business being in my temple, taking the place of God. You've inserted yourself into the place of God. i got to remove you from this. And that's exactly what happens. Verse 20. Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, there was, he was leprous in his forehead, and they rushed him out quickly. And he himself hurried to go out because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. 
And being a leper, lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. He was basically put into quarantine. He was put into isolation. I'm sorry to bring up those words. Those are trigger words for us nowadays, aren't they? But we all felt how devastating that was, didn't we, during the pandemic when we isolated ourselves and were removed from one another? Well, this is the consequence in Uzziah's life. He's put in this other house. He's put in quarantine for life because he inserted himself in the place of God in the sanctuary. I titled this sermon, The Humbled King, but I'm not so sure King Uzziah ever humbled himself. As far as we know, he had a prideful heart all the way until the day of his death. God just gave him the consequences of his own pride. So the moral of the story is clear, isn't it? If we've been marvelously helped, if we're that turtle on the fence post, we shouldn't forget who put us there. Be humble. Be grateful. These are the morals of the story. And we could end there. We could wrap up this sermon and go home and we could hear those moralisms and that would be good. That would be instructive for all of us. But really, the Bible isn't ultimately about us and our takeaways. It's instructive, but there's two types of preaching, really. There's human-centered preaching and then there's God-centered preaching. And I do want us to have those moral takeaways. Be humble. Don't forget who put us in our positions and be grateful. But this story, the biblical story, reveals two things about God that I don't want us to miss. Two things about God. His majesty and his grace. His majesty and his grace. This story isn't alone in isolation. There's other scriptures that remark on it, including Isaiah chapter 6. Go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 6 in your pew Bible. It's on page 678. Isaiah references this story. It says in verse 20 that Isaiah was the prophet during this time. And so what did Isaiah the prophet have to say about this? Isaiah was given this portal. He was given this window into the heavenlies. And he reported back to all the people in the nation what God was revealing to him through that. And look what it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died. See, isn't that interesting? It's a reference to this story. In the same year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. See what Isaiah is doing here? He's saying, hey, anybody who thinks you might want to go down the path of King Uzziah, who might want to kind of read your own headlines or insert yourself in the place of God, thinking you're a little too big for your britches, there is a God, there is a king of all kings, and he's sitting on the throne of the universe. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated upon the throne. And Isaiah goes on from there to describe these seraphim, these angels surrounding the throne of God with their wings. And they're crying out day and night and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And Isaiah, in response, falls on his face. He says, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people 
of unclean lips. Isaiah has the appropriate response to beholding the king of all kings. And he gives this report, he gives this reminder when in the year King Uzziah died. Don't forget the majesty and wonder and splendor and holiness of God. That's what this story points us to. But also it points us to the grace of God. Because a few hundred years later, Jesus arrived on the scene in the same nation to the same group of faithful people, faithful to God's word. And Jesus was claiming to be the fulfillment of the word of God, the fulfillment of the prophets of God and the fulfillment of the law of God. And when Jesus came onto the scene, everybody knew what it said in Leviticus 13, that if you have leprosy, you got to go into eternal quarantine, basically. You can't even be touched if you're a leper. Can you imagine living your whole life without ever being touched by another human being? Everybody knew what it said in Leviticus 13. And they also knew in Jesus' time the moralism, the tale of King Uzziah. Don't have pride in your heart. You might get leprosy. And in fact, by this point, when Jesus came along, they seemed to have institutionalized or universalized these two stories to the point where if they saw anybody with leprosy, they assumed it was because of their own sin, because of their own pride, perhaps, or some other sin. We see evidence of this in the Gospels. When they see somebody who's blind or with leprosy or with some kind of other kind of ailment, they say, well, clearly that person deserves it. They're a sinner. And so Jesus comes along onto this scene And he walks through towns, and who does he see occasionally? People with leprosy. And there's a scene in Luke chapter 5, which is quite fascinating. He walks into a town, and sure enough, there's a group of lepers. There they are. I can imagine the Pharisees and the Sadducees walking by every day, scoffing at them. Look at those sinners. And Jesus walks into this town, and one of the lepers gets out. And runs up to Jesus and falls before Jesus. And he says, if you will, will you make me clean? And I'll bet everybody was wondering how Jesus was going to respond. Jesus, you said you're the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. You know what it says in Leviticus 13. You know King Uzziah. I'm wondering if they thought Jesus was about to say, be gone from me, sinner. Go back to quarantine. What does Jesus do? Luke chapter 5. It's amazing. I love the way the gospel writer writes it. He says, Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. He touched him. You realize what a scandal that would have been? And Jesus said, I will be clean. And guess where he sent that man? To the temple. Go be restored. Be restored to your God and to community. Jesus totally changed and transformed this person's life. This story points us not only to the majesty of God, but also to the grace of God. Now, you have to understand, don't miss this part. Why could Jesus say that? Why could Jesus seemingly break Leviticus 13 and heal the man by touching him? Well, it's because of what Jesus would ultimately do on the cross. Jesus would undo on the cross what King Uzziah and every prideful heart ever did before him. You notice how King Uzziah, when he went into the temple, he inserted himself in the place of God 
And that's what the offense was. Well, look what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He inserted himself into the place of man. And when he went to the cross, he took upon himself, upon his body, all the sin and all the sickness and all the sorrow of the whole world, and he absorbed it into his body, taking our place there and dying in our place, suffering the consequences of all our sin. He did the very opposite of what Uzziah had done. So in this scripture, we have both the law and the gospel. The law says pride comes before the fall. The gospel says, but when we fall, we fall into the grace of God. This is really good news. Because that turtle on the fence post, it's me. And it's any of us. When we're marvelously helped, but then we forget who put us where we are. Pride comes before the fall, but when we fall, we fall into the grace of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. During communion, we're going to sing a song together, and we're going to say these lyrics. We're going to say, we fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, and we cry, holy, holy, holy. Let this be our act of worship today. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.